I just want to take the time to honor Pastor David and the head of this house, honor Morningstar Ministries and Rick Joyner and Dave Yarns and the heads that cover this ministry spiritually and the authority. And I want to honor Pastor Shirley, a woman of God. She's not backing Pastor David up or behind him. She's besides him because the woman didn't come from the backbone. She came from the sidebone the rib. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So Father God, I just thank you that you anoint the word. Father God, I thank you that you take every thought captive, that you open up the minds and the spirits and the souls of your people today to receive from you. I thank you that you put a, a coal, a fire on my tongue, that they bring conviction and correction. Father God, that you help me build up the body of Christ to further your cause. That we may be thoroughly furnished, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we receive your meat, Father God, your will today. That we come to a higher level of surrender. So, Father God, I thank you that you take dominion and control here today. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you speak through me, Father. I remind myself of where you took me from, Lord. How far you've brought me. Out of Africa, Father God. All the way to the United States of America, North Carolina. To touch your people across the nations. And I thank you for your power, Lord. A power that cannot be insulted. A power that is above every other power. You're the all-imperial authority. And I thank you that that authority and power be demonstrated here in this building today. And that we receive your word openly. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, just before I start, because I want to talk about the word, um, I just want to say it's possible because there are many things that help further us in life, you know, worship, we have the word, we have prayer, we have prophecy, we have visions, 
we have intimacy with the Lord we can preach about all these things all of them are relevant you know there's two sides to a coin also we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater so we can't just attack certain things when they are quite obviously um, technologies of the spirit so I just want to say it's possible to be a man of the word and ignore prayer but it's impossible to be a man of prayer and ignore the word so just know that before I get into this because prayer is like a rope that you have that connects you to heaven and it helps you get prayer isn't just something that brings power prayer connects you to God and when God gets inside of you that's where power comes from many Christians pray but nothing moves nothing shakes or nothing changes but prayer is an asking and it's also a conversation and it's a walking with the Lord note that in I think it's Genesis 5 the Bible says and they lived this long and this man and Methuselah lived this and Lamech lived this long and then it said Enoch lived 365 years and it said his children and he begot this and this and that and then said and Enoch walked with the Lord you see the difference there some of us just live out our lives but some of us need to get to that place where we walk with the Lord and if you look at the deep meaning of that word, it means to walk side by side, to have conversation, to convene, and to have an intimate relationship with the Lord. And that comes through prayer. Any revival, any ministry that needs to take place needs to start with prayer. If your, prayer, if your church is prayerless, it will be powerless. Amen. Yes. How are you doing, brother? Back from Bermuda? How's it going there? It's good. Okay, nobody getting lost in the triangle there? Nothing lost? Just checking. <laughs> I love you, man. It's good to see your face. Bless you, brother. Uh, amen. Um, the scripture that will be our reference today will be 2 Timothy 3.16. Um... Is everybody doing well? I'd just like to thank everybody for praying for me and backing me up. You know, this morning I didn't feel very well. I felt like there was a spiritual attack on me. Um, I feel fantastic now, so thank you. <laughs> um, I'm just struggling to see where I want to start, you know. I just want the Holy Spirit to lead us. Okay, let's, let's just start with that, that scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, are we there? Amen. Okay. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay, so now I've noticed one thing about the body of Christ is we, we gradually edging out the richness of the word in attempts to some sort of an attempt to bring some false balance and you know the word brings balance because you know one thing that we've got to realize that diverse weights on abomination to the Lord simple as that so you know sometimes people will think well what's he saying there or why is this person taking me on it's if it's a lie it's a lie it's not the truth you understand so we want the truth in our life 
Amen. We want the truth and the principles of God in our life. So the word brings that. And the Bible says all scripture. And when it says all scripture, it's there without reservation. It doesn't say now we leave out the first five books that Moses wrote. No, all scripture means from Genesis to Revelation. What does it say about all scripture? It's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine. The Bible explicitly talks about doctrine. You know, you can hear some great preachers sometimes, and I don't know what went wrong with them, people that used to help me when I was young. And then I see them trying to merge certain things and bring certain things together, and they say, oh, doctrine doesn't matter, you know. Doctrine's not important. I, I, I beg to differ. You understand? Because there can also be a doctrine that's preached that is not of the Jesus Christ that we know that brought salvation to the world. And if any man bring this doctrine into your house that is not of God, don't accept him. Don't accept that. Amen? So this is the truth, and this is something that we need to hold fast to. Doctrine is very important. Um, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Amen? For correction. Amen? For instruction in righteousness. So if we're struggling to live a righteous life, we can get it through the Word. All Scripture... We can receive revelation from the Lord throughout Genesis to Revelation. Some people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm just an eschatological type of person. Oh, I'm an end time man of God. I read the end time. I just read Revelation. Oh, I'm just a New Testament person. So you might be furnished, but you won't be thoroughly furnished. So it's foolishness at the highest level. And, it, and, it, and, and you know, some of the things I've noticed is when we don't understand certain things of the, of the word and dimensions of God, we begin to ask him questions and we begin to lack answers in our lives that we don't have because we lack an intimate relationship with the Lord and we lack a hunger and a desire to read his word daily. And then we wonder why certain things happen. It's because we don't know the nature of God, his character. Amen. Am I saying something today? So, we're not just, oh, I'm just an Old Testament man of God. I'm just, so I'm not saying that some people aren't called to, to preach end-time revelations. That some people aren't called to preach the prophetic word. You understand? That some people aren't called to have revelation on the major and the minor prophets. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that all scripture is there for our benefit, for good doctrine, for reproof, for correction, that we may be thoroughly furnished amen so everything that we need inside our house is there every furniture we need need every frame every appliance amen does that make sense am i preaching something are you with me okay um i want to read 1 timothy 4 12 um and know also that we have people that Sometimes we can serve the Lord for so long and we think because of our time that we serve the Lord and that we've been uh, in the body of Christ. We think now that time makes us more relevant or time is something that speaks louder than maybe somebody who's grown faster than you. 
Somebody may be serving the, the Lord for one year, but his growth will be so exceptional that he'll be winning souls and whatever. And then you see somebody, oh, I got saved in the 70s, brother. I was doing this before you were thought of. So you want me to listen to you, but there's no fruit then. There's no growth. In actual fact, it looks like you've gone backwards because of some of the things that come out of your mouth. You've forgotten the word of God and you want to tell me this and that. So the word of God will also bring you a confidence. You'll know who you are. And then if somebody that walks around ignorantly looking for relevance in his life tries to judge you or bring some sort of judgment upon your life, you'll just know that this guy's just a small boy because what he's saying is incorrect because I know who I am in Christ. Amen. Amen. So the Word of God will also tell you who you are. It will, know where you, it will help you know where you stand. And you know, you can get a lot of people that will preach certain revelations without comprehension. You can just look and you see, you know what, this guy's preaching is good, but does he even comprehend what he's saying? So we need to have comprehension of the truth and the doctrine of Christ. Amen. And that's a very important thing. We can't just go about and lack growth in our lives. If you want growth, it, what is growth? It's increase. So what I want people to see in my life is that when they look at Dylan, they say, you know, Dylan... <laughs> He walked in this, this year. And then next year we see him growing because last year, you know, he was a little bit less in what he's doing now. So I can see some growth in Dylan. I can see some maturity. I can see by the way that he talks to people and handles people and the people of God, that God has grown something in his life. But some of us have this backwardness and you just see and you think, oh, Lord, what went wrong? And, you know, I can probably guarantee you that most of the time, they re, they, they've lacked that intimate thing that brought them close to God. You know, sometimes the Spirit can come upon us and energize us to get into the Word. And there's something about it, and it's like we're so hungry for the Word, and we, we're so hungry for revelation, and we're in it, and we're in it. But we go through different times and seasons, and it's in the dry seasons that we need to hold fast to the Word. And that's where discipline comes in. You may not feel like it. The Bible doesn't say faith is like a feeling thing, a, a feel faith to do it. No. Faith is, is not that. Faith is believing and trusting in God. Amen. It takes discipline to be a man of faith. You know, the Bible says many can acclaim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. You know? Oh, I have the love of Jesus in my life. Oh, three divorces. You weren't even faithful to one of the wives or one of the husbands. You understand? So if you have love, you must show yourself to be faithful. Amen. Because God is love and He's faithful. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're struggling to trust people, just know God doesn't change. He's the same. So if you want somebody to trust Him, stop looking for promotion from men. Too often are we working in the church and we're doing things because we want people to see. But we forget that God sees. So we should do our works in secret. I'm not saying that some of your works won't be openly seen, but if we're doing it to get promoted by man, you're missing the point. You're missing it. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. You know, I might change. I might backslide. Something can happen. By God's grace and mercy, that won't happen. I, I, I'm a human being. That's why Jesus Christ came to the cross, died for me, triumphantly resurrected on the third day, and the power of the resurrection lives in my life. Thank God. But I'm not the Lord. I trust in Him to become who I need to be. You know, God doesn't like arrogant people or people that are full of pride. 
you know. Sometimes God even prefers and uses the people with the imperfections because they know how much they need him. People that think they're perfect, they don't think that they need God's covering. You know, they think they've made it. They think they've arrived, but actually they got on the wrong bus and they've gone the opposite direction. Amen. So know that God is looking for, looking for people with an honest nature towards him and an open. You know, when things are going on in my life, I may not understand. But the Bible says, bring your strong reasonings. I have a relationship with the Lord. If something's going on, I start to reason and pray to him and, and, I, and I'll, I'll debate with him. I know I may, I'm, I'm going to be wrong because he's right about everything. But his Bible said I must come with my supplications and strong reasoning. So that's what I'm going to do. Because he'll speak to me. Because he's faithful. He'll teach me, he'll guide me, and he'll show me. Especially if I'm a man of prayer. Because if you're a man of prayer, the word will be in your life. And then the word will bring you into remembrance. Amen. So I've found it many times in my life where I can doubt certain things. I start to pray to the Lord. And you'll remind me of what happened. He'll remind me. Oh, remember this. I think, yo, how did I even forget that? You know? Whenever we go through certain things, we have to remind ourselves and bring things into remembrance. Like, I love the way David brought into remembrance that he took on the bear and the lion. So he said, who are you to go fight this Philistine? <laughs> he, he, he brought something into remembrance. Amen. 1 Timothy 4, uh, verse 12. Um, Let no man despise thy youth. Amen there? Yeah. Amen, yes. Just checking. At least I got one amen. Thank you, Devin. Um, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Thank God for purity. Lord, we thank you for purity in the body of Christ. Yes, we rebuke that false, sloppy grace message. You know, um, we want to be like Jesus. Amen. Uh, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. There it is again. Wonderful. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So right there, having right doctrine, continuing in certain things, not only do you save yourself, but by your conduct and by your life, you bring salvation to others. Amen. Continue in these things. And um, it says, um, neglect not the gift that is in thee. So if he warns to not neglect something, we sometimes fall and we neglect certain things in our lives. You understand? So he's warning us, neglect not the gift in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. So, you know, some people, they love prophecies, but they never act on them. They, they go in around town everywhere they can to find a prophecy and for the Lord to speak to them. Why should God speak to you and give you something to do if you're disobedient? So you want to hear the voice of God, but God will only give you something to do if there's obedience in your life. You understand? Why, why must he come and talk to you and tell you to do something, but you're not going to be obedient to it? You understand? 
So we need to neglect not the gift that was put inside of us. It said in the, there's something in us that we need to stir up in the spirit. Amen. Shando. Thank you, Lord. Galatians 1 verse 6. Um, and then also there is um, 2 Timothy 4 verse 3. Are we eating something? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, brother man, Jonathan. Nice to see you made it, dude. <laughs> Um, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears you know the Bible says that when he comes he will separate the sheep from the goats so what are the goats? the ones are the goats that don't feed his people don't clothe his people don't do his works you understand? But there's something interesting you can also get from a revelation of goats and sheep. You know, I grew up on a farm in Africa and my mom tried to own goats once and I just remember saying, I'll never own goats again. And they were climbing all over the walls and doing their thing. I'm not saying goats are bad to have. You know, they can, you can use them for milk. It's a cleanly animal in the Bible. You can eat it. I ate goats in Haiti. It was quite nice. I don't know if all the kids knew they were eating goats sometimes. Pastor Jay just told me, just, do you enjoy the goat? I was like, yeah, man, in Africa we eat goat. <laughs> but anyways, a sheep is a follower. Goats go around headbutting the sheep. But don't get it wrong because goats aren't wolves. You understand? So also, the Bible is also talking about, for the time will come when they will, endure, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, you see, that's the problem, lusts. Shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears? You understand? So we want to hear something that pleases us but not corrects us. We want to hear something that makes us feel good all the time. But we don't like to be challenged or confronted. As soon as we're challenged or confronted, oh, he's judging me. Please, man. The fact that you say I'm judging me, you makes you an incorrect judge. You understand? Sheep follow the shepherd. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. If you want to know his voice, get into his word. Amen? Amen? Um, I want to read this scripture. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land. You know, God gave me this scripture when I first started ministry. I said, God, speak to me about some of the things that you want to use me for in my ministry and in my life and my preaching. Tell me what the body of Christ lacks and use me to bring correction. And you know, I knew that God wouldn't just use me to bring souls into the kingdom or I knew that he would also help me um, arm people with correct doctrine, with the things that will help them get through life and go down the right path. And I believe that the Lord's going to use me one day to promote people in the spirit, to get people to a, a, a better place. And how the Lord spoke to me once is I had this dream where I was walking and they were talking to me about where this church was building this facility. And the Bible school instructor was leading me. And on the way through the river, I saw there was like a mist over the water. I couldn't see in the waters, but there were these terrapins there. You guys call them turtles, snapping turtles. And they eat fish and stuff. So I thought, man, I don't know why I said it in the dream. I said, man, but those things, they're going to eat all the fish. You know? But as I said that, they started to 
run away and they dived in the water and they started to leave the waters and we went up and we came back and then some of my friends had a net there and they said Dylan come let's catch fish now and we threw the net in the water and then we pulled in this net and it was it was like very heavy me and three of the guys that I did Bible school in this dream had to help me pull in these fish and what we started to do in the dream somehow I just said we need to move these fish from this little river into that big ocean and send them out and I remember some of us were even dropping the fish and there were different species of fish different nations different tribes God was speaking to me that you're gonna send people into bigger waters you understand that's how I took it that you're not only gonna bring souls in you're not only gonna catch for the Lord but you're gonna bring them into deeper waters and this was a scripture the Lord gave me in those days you know um, Behold the days come, because he was warning me, because at the time that I was getting into, the, into ministry, there was a, lot, a big prophetic movement going on in South Africa, and um, these prophets there that can do amazing things. And one of the things you've got to understand about the word is the word will bring a balance in your life. You know, gifts is without repentance. So these people can see things that are amazing, beyond your imagination. They'll tell you your name, how many children you have, when you were born, what your great aunt's mother's name was, or something like that. They do amazing things. But now sometimes they would say things in public that were not meant to be said. So you see a lack of spiritual maturity there. And that's a lack of the word. So the word also says, rightfully dividing the word of truth. And it says it discerns the spirits. So if you want to have a spirit of discernment, you've got to have the word. Amen. So now I was like, I want these gifts. I want this stuff in my life. And we've got gifts, all of us. But if you want to use these gifts correctly, the word will bring balance to that. You understand? There's also a difference between authority and power. So Jesus had authority and power. That's why when the centurion came to him, he knew this guy doesn't just have power, but he has authority. Because when he speaks, things move. He doesn't have to come to my house. You understand? So I can give a shotgun to a child and say, point there and shoot. He can pull the trigger, he might not hit the target. But if I ask him to unload it, load it, put it on safety, work it properly, he lacks the authority and the ability. So he may even have the gift to aim very well. But does he have the authority and the ability to be able to use that weapon correctly? Amen. So the word will bring that in your life, that you will correctly administer your gift in a right way. Am I saying something? Is this helping you? Amen. So behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Hearing the words of the Lord. And I, I noticed that, especially in my generation, you know, we love the gifts and we love visions and dreams. And we're all doing this stuff. We're dreaming, we're having visions. But sometimes you hear people and they don't have a clue what they saw. Because they lack the word. You know, if I dream about fishing, I know that God's teaching me strategies on how to preach the gospel to win souls. I know these things because of the word. Amen. I know what waters mean. I know certain things. There's people that know the word. Um, Haley's mother, she knows the word very well, so she interprets dreams for people. And I listen to her sometimes like, I never saw a person in America who has such a balance. It's because of the word. You can hear that when she speaks, she speaks from the word. Amen. But what the person dreamt 
was not something that was quoted in the Bible or anything, but the things they saw is very spiritual things. Amen. So for us, why do we as Christians need to go even sometimes to people for interpretation? You understand? Joseph did it for a heathen. You know, Daniel did it for Nebuchadnezzar. But for us, we're spirit-filled and we've got the word in front of us. In the 1500s, people paid very dearly with their lives to make the word of God available to the average person and peasant. Amen. But now we have it in front of us and we, we, we like to play five hours of games, watch television. And then people come to me with their problems and they, and they don't know what's going on, but they can't even give God one hour. Maybe even 15 minutes of prayer. Maybe if you can just kneel down once a day for 15 minutes. Just start there. But they want to come and they want to load their problems on the leaders in the church. But they themselves do not have a relationship with the Lord. Amen. That's how you become a goat. Because sheep won't just eat anything you give them. But goats walk around nibbling and browsing and tasting different things. Am I saying something? Amen. Thank you, Lord, that none of us are goats. <laughs> Amen. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, of Christ unto another gospel. So you see, now, now Paul is wondering these Galatians. He's like, he's marveling at these people, man. He's like, you are so quickly removed from this doctrine. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So there are other gospels that people can be preaching of pulpits. But now if you don't know the word, you become a goat now. You just eat that and say, Amen, brother, I received that. And you wonder why something's going on in your life. But you, what that person was teaching you was incorrect. And said, leading you down a wrong path. Shando. Am I saying something? Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So even me as a leader, I've got to be very careful what I preach to people. The Bible says, let him be accursed. And some people are wondering why there's curses above their heads because the things they're going around and teaching and using the name of the Lord to back it up. Using his wonderful name to teach those strange doctrines. Amen. And I'm not saying that we, we, we don't make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've preached nonsense before. You know, I've, I've looked at certain people bring revelation. I thought, yo, I never really understood that. I didn't really comprehend that. You understand? But humility will take you far and humility will help you rise above the occasion. You understand? So I'm not saying now we need to be scared all the time. No, God gives us all revelation and gives us all the ability to minister the gospel. He gives us all the ability to be able to lead people to Christ. And, you know, you can't just bring some sort of a religious fanatical view that, oh, if you don't know the word, you're unqualified. You know, the Bible says the blood of Jesus qualifies us to serve the living God. So there was, a, I even just, God brought me to a remembrance. There was this dam I used to go yeah, uh, fishing when I was in Africa and uh, I had to walk about five kilometers to get there, climb over fences. I must have been about 12. I don't know, what, what age are you when you're in grade five or six? What age is that? It's like 12 years old? So I, I, was, probably, I was probably 13 because I was a year behind. I wasn't that intelligent <laughs> <when I> was, <laughs> academically. 
So I was probably about 13 and my brother must have been about 10. And he would come with me because my dad wouldn't like us to go fish alone. You know, sometimes these days parents won't even let their parents play on the jungle gym alone. It's sad, you know. We have to live life and adventure and, and there has to come some dangers in life when we're a child. But unfortunately the world's got so debauched and it's like parents are just too protective now. You can't. But I, we used to go out into the bush, you know. When I was a kid, I was catching cobras, <laughs> you know. My dad would just say, you better not get bitten, because if you do, you'll die. <laughs> and if I bring the cobra next to him, my dad used to also have his own aquarium. But if there's a venomous snake, he'd say, take that thing away from me. <laughs> but we used to go fishing at this place. And one day we went there, because I was talking about how the blood of Jesus qualifies you to serve the living God. And there were these three people there, uh, two Indian guys and one white guy. I remember them. And you know, um, it somehow this thing slipped me. I think I never ever told my parents because I was scared they wouldn't let me go back to that dam to fish there because of the crazy nutcases I met there that day. These people were, there was something really wrong with them. Um, they bought this boat and as I was fishing with them, you know, my little brother was like trying to catch them frogs because we were teaching them how to fish. We realized these guys don't really know what they're doing. What are they doing here? They were older than us. They were in their 20s maybe their 30s, and um, Jude was busy catching the frogs, and the one guy was losing his mind, and the other guy started shouting, he's like, stop scaring, scaring the boy, man, what's wrong with you, keep your insanity to yourself, and then the one guy started to tell me, he's like, you know, um, we actually are from a, from a rehab, we, from, we, we escaped from our madhouse, and we've, um, <laughs> we've <laughs> this, this is what the, the white guy started to tell me, he just wanted to make me feel a little bit comfortable, you know. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I didn't really have fear, you know. I could see these guys weren't dangerous. I could see that there was... <laughs> but uh, I was just a kid. And just the way we would give them our bait and start, and they would, and they start, and we'd start to tell them what my dad does and what we believe. And then he started to tell me how it was actually a Christian organization that he was in. So there were just things we were telling them here and there, little testimonies of the life we live and what we believe. And this guy thought, man, this must be divine providence. So about an hour before we left, he was like, and he's turned to like tear, and he's like, you know, Dylan, me and my friends escaped to come here today to commit suicide. We bought this boat with us because we were going to go out onto that dam and we were going to overdose on the drugs. And in the middle of it, they went out and they started throwing their drugs in the water. I don't ever remember quoting a scripture. I don't ever remember Jude quoting a scripture. All we did was testify about our lives, tell them that we were Christians. So that one guy, he was probably the leader of the gang, you know, <laughs> heading them up for this terrible thing they were about to do. But they took it that God was speaking to them. He told me, you know, this one guy that has such an anger problem, he's made millions of dollars twice and lost them twice. He's lost his millions twice. And, and to think what God can do just through the nature of God that can be in you. Just from be, the surroundings that you can surround yourself by. And I, I thought to myself, you know, it's amazing what God can do if you just live a Christian life, if you just stand up for the truth, if you just be who God called you to be. 
So with this message that I'm bringing, I'm not bringing some sort of a fanatical religious thing to say that you're unqualified to serve God or to hear from the Lord. Amen. God has appeared to many people throughout the ages that never even knew his name. Amen. But I'm trying to bring the word because the Bible clearly says it will help us. Praise God. Okay. Um, 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, I already read it for us. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Proverbs 14 verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So now we can think certain things are right in our lives. You know, you can be born into a certain way. You know, in South Africa, there's a group of people that I know, like majority with them that I experience in my life. They grew up in racist homes. So for them, that might seem right because of the way they grew up in. It might seem like that way is right, but it doesn't make it the truth. It doesn't make it the truth that you need to hate black people. It doesn't make it the truth because your parents taught you that white people are from the devil, that that's what they are. That's not the truth. So there's a way that seemeth right to us and a path that we might think is right, but the way thereof is death. You understand? The way of the Nazis and the doctrine that Hitler brought, brought death. Six million Germans paid for their lives dearly because they followed some sort of a crazy fanatical doctrine that brought death. Six million Jews, 27 million Russians, half a million Americans, half a million Britons and Canadians, five million Japanese people, I think it was. And I forget the count of how many Chinese people lost their life because of strange doctrines and growing up in ways that seemeth right to us. And some Christians grow up in that. You understand? So I, I, don't, I don't really believe in it. Like I know that a lot of Catholicism is evil, but there's quite obviously Catholics that are Christians. But a lot of the Catholics stood by Hitler. It's a fact. You understand? So now what, what, why, what made them do that? Lack of doctrine. Lack of, of, of wanting to get into the word yourself. You know, one of the biggest um, doctrines that were being preached um, in Germany, a famous man of God, he, he died in the concentration camps. He said one of the biggest doctrines that were being preached at the time that Hitler was rising up was sloppy grace. Bad grace message. No accountability. No accountability. If you want relevance in your life and if you want God to use you, be obedient in what he's given you. Be accountable. You understand? We always, want, we always want the fruits of righteousness, but we don't want to live a righteous life. We want those fruits. We want things from God, but we don't want to live according to his principles and precepts and concepts. We don't want to have the nature of God in our life, but we want all his benefits and blessings. We think God is some big sugar daddy that sits on a cloud and throws us pies every Sunday morning. <laughs> Amen. It's funny, but it's really not funny because some people are paying dearly with their lives. Some people are lost. Some people are being led astray because they want their ears to be tickled, because they don't want to hear the truth, because they don't want to get in the word. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. You know? And then we believe that democracies are the solution to society. The only solution to society is the kingdom of God. You know, if you take five people in the room, and I remember I sat once in the thing, and you can say, uh, well, um, let's vote. 
is it right to be able to rape women as a man? And then maybe three of them say yes and two say no. Does that make it the truth and make it right? Does that make it something that we should live by now because majority votes? You know, people think if majority votes, that's what's right. Just because everybody's going with something doesn't make it right. That's why I love the saying that they use in Africa, you know, one cow, you can stop it from running. But when a whole herd comes, you've got problems. A whole herd of idiots, a whole herd of goats running everywhere. Just because you went to a school and everybody likes that thing and wants to promote that thing, now because you want to be accepted, you run with that thing. To your own detriment. I'd rather be a loner than a goner in the spirit. Amen. Am I saying something? And then the one day I, I sat there, and you know, I'm English, so I know a lot of English history, and I, know, and I know what our queens did. You know, one of the best queens was Queen Elizabeth for us, you know. She did some bad things, yes, but she promoted our kingdom very well, you know. One of the greatest monarchs in history was Catherine the Great of Russia. She was the one that opened the, the ports of Odessa into the Black Sea and took on the, uh, the Ottoman um, navy and defeated it at the height of its power, you know. There was um, um, Queen um, Victoria, the Victoria Falls in Zambia is named after. And now we get together with this group and um, they're like, okay, let's now, let's debate and vote on something. Uh, uh, who believes here that a woman can be a leader? So now majority votes um, that no woman can't be leaders. That's what they voted at them. So I was on the side that women can be leaders because I know my history. You understand? So then uh, one of the ninjas stand up and they say, well, when has a woman ever led well or done good for a nation? And then people like, because they don't know anything about history, like, oh, yeah, that's true. And they're like, debate is over. Women can't lead or be president. I thought, oh, your ignorance precedes you. <laughs> and then now the whole group of them sit down and accept that. And maybe even some of the ones that stood on my side. Because some monkey stood up and said a load of nonsense. You understand? So the biggest mountain that we face in our lives sometimes is the mountain of ignorance. If we stay in ignorance, I'm telling you, you can be led astray. So sometimes for us, we want to move a mountain in the spirit, but actually the mountain in your life is the mountain of ignorance. The lack of understanding. Shandor. Okay. Let's get to it. I don't want to waste time. And wisdom and knowledge shall be stability of thy times. So times and seasons change. So what is the stability of your times and your season? The wisdom and the knowledge that God gives to you through his word. Amen. Um, and strength of salvation. Uh, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength and salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Amen. So I said, yeah, why is the word important? And I put down a few facts that the, God, that the, the Lord gave me. Praise God. Um, number one, so you can understand the nature of God. Um, I want to read. Do you guys enjoy reading scripture? That's what I was taught to do in Africa. The Bible will always bring a stability. If you're struggling to convince people, excuse me, my iPad is rebelling against me. Um, let's go to 1 John 4. So I said, number one, so it can bring you an understanding of God's nature, who he is, his character. So let's read simple verses. We all know this. We'll start from verse 7. What is God? 
He is love. Amen. Do we agree? Okay, just check it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not God, uh, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Um, you know, you can get a man of God that can now be in church and what have you, and uh, uh, he's getting ready for his sermon, and he's talking to his wife, and he says, uh, Honey, where's my Bible? And he's, oh, love, I forgot it up. Oh, you stupid woman, you idiot. I've been married to you for 15 years and you can't even get one thing right. You're so stupid. Then somebody knocks on the door and comes for counsel. He's, oh, how are you doing, brother? Bless you. Sit down. The Bible says that man's a liar. He's a liar. So if you don't have love in you and you want all these gifts, you've lost. You've lost, you've lost the plot. You understand? 1 Corinthians 13. That's what we should know. Okay. Um, in this was manifest the love of God towards us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, the atonement. Beloved, if God so loved us, we, also, we ought also to love one another. Amen. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. So that's a living in God, and God in him. Dwelling in that place. Not visiting. He that visits God knows no. He, he that dwells in that thing. Dwells and walks in that thing and lives by that thing. That thing called love knows God. You know, I, I, I may make mistakes with people and say wrong things sometimes, but one thing, one of my prayers is always, God, let me not lose love for your body. It should be a prayer of ours always. You know, it's very nice to go and somebody, you see, oh, good brother, it's nice to see how well you're offering and your tithes and stuff. But you're not, you're not thanking the Lord that there's breakthrough in their life. You're thanking the Lord that now you've got a good tithe. So you're eating God's sheep. Because you don't really love them or want to see breakthrough. You just want to see that they're, they're doing certain ordinances and giving good tithes. Am I saying something? Herein is our love made perfect that we may, be, may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts about fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You know, when the Bible says, go to your first love, it's not we've been there before. It's not because we first loved Christ. No, for God so loved the world, not that the world loved God. So we return to our first love, that love is God. So when we return to our first love, we love first. St. Francis used to pray, not so much that us should be consoled, but to console because it's in forgiving that we, are in, that we are forgiven. You understand? 
Not so much that I should be understood, but to understand. That's love. Love is understanding. It's a wonderful prayer. You should go look up St. Francis of Assisi's prayer. Uh, if I may say I love God and hate of his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen now, can, have, can, can he have love? Can he have loved God whom he hath not seen? So, you know, if you know the word, it's quite obvious. It's not a bad judgment. Some of these dictators, they're going to hell. Some of them are in hell. Because they have no love for people and because of what they did to people. It's quite obvious where their destination is. Because now you can see some people, they get so caught up about some people that struggled with racism. But they hate their own mother. They hate their brother, their sister. And then they want to judge certain people that grew up in certain households that are struggling with certain doctrines. But they themselves have hate. We don't know God then. Am I saying something? So to say I hate that person. Yes, that's a damnable thing to say. To your own detriment. You understand? May God have mercy on us. If a man say I love God and hate of his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loves his brother also. It's not something that God says you can use if you want. It's a commandment. <laughs> it's a part of the nature of God. Amen. That's number one. You get into the word. Why is the word important? So you can understand the nature of God. It's important because it reveals the mystery of life to you. Number three, it's important because it gives you wisdom and understanding. Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established. Proverbs 24 verse 3. Number four, it's important because it helps you find solutions to the many obstacles in life. Number five, it's important because it gives you spiritual understanding. Amen. It's important because it gives you guidance in the many paths of life that life has before you. Psalms 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if we want to walk in darkness, we can just throw the word out of our lives. You understand? So even some of these philosophers, they think they're so clever as I think so am I. You can think you, you're a donkey all you want, but you're always going to be a human being. You understand? There was this girl in Russia. I don't know how it happened, but somehow she, she got abandoned by her parents at a certain age, and she lived with stray dogs. It took them years and months to get it out of this girl's head that she wasn't a dog. She thought she was a dog. She'd come out of the doghouse and bark at you. It didn't make her a dog. She was a precious human being. So you can think whatever you want. It doesn't make you that thing. You understand? Praise the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you, Lord. Number seven. It's important because it helps you understand the thoughts and the plans that God has towards you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. You know, some of us, we don't even know what the end will be for us. But if we are in God's word and we know the thoughts and the plans that he has towards us, you know, we immediately understand that God has thoughts towards us. So that there right there helps me immediately put relevance in my life. And that he has a plan. The thoughts and the plans that I have, not you. 
You understand? There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Not your plans. God's plans. So I have plans and stuff, but I can see for the lines of God's will when I look into the word. It enlightens me. It illuminates me. Amen. Am I saying something to you? I'm just trying to beat this horse till we understand that this is where we need to go. Because I'm trying to prove to you that the word of God is so relevant and we're throwing it out of the church. You know, we can, sometimes people will come up and preach and they don't even read it out of the scripture. I'm not saying they have to, but at least quote a scripture. Tell us where it is. And then some people won't even come to the church with Bibles. So then when people even preach, what if he's not preaching the Bible there? You don't want to go there. So you're saying, yeah, I, I give you permission to deceive me. Shame. Shame. Paul says, I speak these things to your shame. You understand? So we need to always bring a certain accountability to our own salvation. Amen. Study to show yourself approved. A workman rightfully dividing the word of truth. So the word is also like maths. You understand? We can look at the word and look at it from many perspectives. Some people can take certain scriptures and look at it from that perspective and then look at the other one and then he looks at it from that perspective. But if we rightfully divide the word of truth, we can really see what God is saying in the context of his scripture. So some people will quote scripture right out of context, but they'll use one verse. So when people preach, I look at the Bible, I see, oh, okay, I see. To see if what he's saying is true. You understand? Sometimes people can speak truth, but the scripture they use is the incorrect scripture. You understand? I think a lot of us have, have seen that before. Those of us that love the word. It's, impo it's important because it helps you know the value of your life. Um, Psalms... 139, let me read that actually in the Amplified. Um, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be the only light about me. Verse, verse 12, even the darkness hides nothing from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you did from my inward parts you did knit me together in my mother's womb. I will confess and praise you, for you are fearful and wonderfully and wonderful, and for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works, and that and that my inner self knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in the, in the secret, and intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth, a region of darkness and mystery. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and you and your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. How precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. How precious... How precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. It's a powerful scripture. It's a shame that some people don't know it because they don't read their Bible. <laughs> Number nine, it's important because it helps you know and understand that you have a purpose here in this lifetime. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. A holy nation, a royal priesthood. Jesus has made us kings and priests. 
So if you want to know what kings do and don't do, go look in Proverbs 31, I think it is. You'll find some interesting things there that are not for kings. And some people beg to differ. But unfortunately, the scripture speaks for itself. Amen. It's important because it helps you with destiny. In other words, your destination. If you want to know where you're meant to be, what you're meant to be saying, where you're meant to go, and what God wants for your life, it helps you with your destiny. It's important because it heals you and it also heals your flesh. When I say flesh, you know there's a lot of people that come up against the body of Christ and they say, well, God doesn't heal anyway. That was for the apostles and for those people at the time. So God to them isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's changed. Yeah, shame. You understand? God heals today. He does. Amen? I'm glad that we all agree. And Father God, I thank you that Mr. Lauderdale will receive his healing and receive his sight. We believe that you are our healer, Lord. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Okay, we see right there. Incline thy ear unto my saints. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And he healeth and, and health to all their flesh. Life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Right there proves that the word of God can bring healing. His body was broken for us. By his straps we are healed. It's proof in the scripture right there that you can receive revelation of God's nature, that he heals us, that he's Jehovah Rapha. If the Hebrews or the Jews today go to the doctor, they'll say they go to Rephe or Rophe. I don't know how to pronounce it, which is the healer, which is one of God's characteristics. So God is a healer. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we believe in healing and we hold fast our profession and keep the confession of our faith. We may not always understand why certain things aren't going on, but we can delve into the Word and get there and ask God for spiritual guidance and get to that place that we need to get to. Amen. And let me say something to the young people. You know, pay the price right now. Pay the price while you're still young. Because if you wait many years later, you'll pay the price, but you'll pay it with interest. And it's now that when you're young that you have vigor and a desire to do things. It's young people that start revolutions. It's young people that bring change. The only thing we lack is wisdom and knowledge and understanding. That's why we know we can't do it with elders. But also if we delve into the word and get wisdom and understanding and get a strong foundation, we can go far at a young age. Alexander the Great conquered the known world by the age of 21, I think it was. David took on Goliath at the age of 16. You know, oh, that man's still too young. Please, man. Maybe in this day and age, because we've numbed people's minds and made education so big that you have to study till you're 40 before you can qualify to be something. Your life's already, <laughs> you're already struggling with back problems and now you've qualified. Please, man. Am I saying something? We can do it now when we're young. So it's good to pay the price now. Amen. The kids know that I preach this stuff. They love the word too. We read Bible in youth, don't we? Amen. It's important because it lifts you up and brings hope when there seems to be none. Number 13, it's important because it will bring you promotion. Amen. Give you wisdom on how to get there. It's important because you will find out the mysteries of God. There's a boy that grew up in Zambia, uh, uh, Zimbabwe. 
and now he's a, a, a prophet and he has businesses all over the world. He lectures in, in London universities. And if people ask him, how did you make your millions? You know, people will even attack him because the offerings will be so big in Africa that they need rakes to bring the money. And they'll say you're stealing money from the church. The money, the offerings that he gets from the church and all the crusades he does isn't even 1% of what he, what he earns. And if people ask him, how did you get so rich? He said, the word of God made me wise. He said, I got rich because of the word. That's his answer. <laughs> Amen. So it will bring promotion in your life. Number 14, it's important because you will find out the mysteries of God. God wants to share mysteries and personal intimate things with us. You understand? That's why Jesus said, go to that place and shut the door. Shut the door. You understand? Amen. Um, it's important... Because it will teach you how to fight a good fight. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know our heart can deceive us. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. So if you want to discern the thoughts of your heart. And want to know what's going on in your life. Or why you do some of the strange things you do. The word of God will bring you guidance and help enlighten certain things in your life. A prophet that also is teaching how to be in the prophetic, he said, the word of God, he used the scripture because it discerned the thoughts. The word of God brings that, enlightens you. It's a strange mystery. So I, said, I asked them, so how do you prophesy like that? And they said, read the word. <laughs> That's the best answer they gave me. Get into the word. And some of them not even at a high level of word that you would think they're in. They just love it, you know. Amen. Humble people. We live fast lives. We're always too busy to do anything for God. And we wonder why things don't happen in our lives. But in the Western world, we're always busy. Oh, I'm too busy. To your own detriment. If you don't find time for God, you won't find a way to bring victory in your life. You won't understand why certain things are happening. You won't be able to unlock certain mysteries in your life. Amen. Amen. Shandor. Um, Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in, in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that the tribulation work of patience. Why am I reading this? Because we go through tribulations. You understand? So God now is confirming that it's working patience in us. And patience experience, and experience hope. So maybe it's your opinion that fasting doesn't work. But some people have seen the results of fasting, so you can preach your opinion. But at the end of the day, your opinion doesn't speak louder than people's experience. So God wants to give you experience in some things, though, so that when false doctrines get preached, you know, but what this person is saying is not true, because I've experienced some of those things in my life. Amen. Um, I'm, I'm here today. And my dad is alive today because of my grandmother's fasting and prayer. She fasted and prayed for his salvation when he was in the military and when he was a young man. That's what she did. She fasted and she prayed and she knelt down before the Lord. And she called him back home. Amen. It works. And patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. 
Uh, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold unto eternal life whereunto thou art also called and had, has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Number 16, it's important because it will bring balance to your life. Amen? A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are like an abomination to the Lord. Amen. Haley, can you and the band come up? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And this is a, the first scripture that God promised me through His Word. The very foundations of the earth are held up by His Word. He puts His Word above His name. He stands by His Word. His Word is a promise. It cannot be broken. When people speak words that do not come over, uh, uh, speak words over your life that don't connect with God or what God's saying about your life, you know, me and my brothers, we were very cheeky. You know, my brother was very naughty when he was a kid. So my parents used to make him recite the Bible. But through that, he always used to quote scriptures to me. And one day he preached something to me. It's like whenever we would diss one another, say something incorrect, we'd say, I break those words in the name of Jesus. Little kids, I don't receive that. That's not what God says about me. You understand? I break those words in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be condemned. Amen. <laughs> we used to quote scripture. Amen. Um, so, Isaiah 55 verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not rifer, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. This is where it comes into play. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. The words that God spoke of your life, I say to you right now, it will not return void. Hold on to that promise. God spoke it. He'll bring it to pass. He's faithful and he's just. Those words will not return void. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Thank you, Lord. I think let's just stand and sing that revival song again, that God can revive something in us. Because I think He is bringing some people home. Some of us have prayed and prayed, and we've knelt before the Lord, and we have family members, and we have people that need breakthrough, and we trust in God for that. And you know, God just brought me into remembrance of when I first went into ministry, I ran away from the world and I thought, I can't live like this anymore. And you know, when we're playing this song, the ministry where I went, once a month we'd have a miracle pool meeting. The man of God was the most judged and persecuted in my country. But the young people, we, in our church entrance was a, a runway for the vehicles. And people would come from the near nations and even far nations to come for healing. And maybe if 20 wheelchairs would come in, we, we used to carry them out of the, the trucks and carry the, the sick people and put them on the wheelchairs and take them to the sick lane. And those meetings we would see healings so phenomenal. 
My friend that did Bible school, he said, today I am in this ministry and doing Bible school because my family was drug ridden. We were debauched. We were new ages. And my, my, my aunt's neck was broken. And she had a, 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 a brace. And um, she got healed that night when the man of God laid hands on her. And it brought salvation to that whole family. And I've never seen healings like that in my life. You know, when I was under the anointing and authority of that ministry, when we used to go out, there was a time I wasn't even doing so well. But because we were under that authority and that ministry of healing, that we were doing a crusade in the township, in the slums. And I was busy trying to clear because the people were starting to manifest. So I was busy trying to look for a rake too because there were these little thorns called devil thorns. And the people were falling on the thorns. And some of the family members were complaining because the people were bleeding while they were manifesting. Falling on all the thorns because the place was so rough. And um, they brought this old medulla to me. I wasn't having a good time. You know, people, God was doing stuff. I was used to that. And I, 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 didn't have, I didn't feel an energy of faith or anything. And he was deaf. And his daughter came and one of his family members, another older, I, uh, I heard that people are getting healed here. And I said, yeah, yeah, just go to the tent. He's like, no, you must pray for him now. We, we need prayer now. Please pray for him. So they were emphasizing on that they were busy trying to get me to pray for them. I wasn't feeling it. And I just put my hands on the ears and I command that deaf spirit to leave us. I, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. And then I took my, I didn't expect him to get healed, you know. I thought maybe he was going to need to go to the tent and sit under the word and worship for a while. And he just started to hear immediately. And, you know, some people, they just go on about things and they're not really as deaf as they say or something. So I was like, the reason why I knew was so healed because the daughter started to cry. She said, She's never been able to hear me. And even with the music in the background, he can hear me right now. So I went far and I said, has he been able to do it? She said, no, he was being deaf. And God opened his ears. So when we started to play the song, I remembered those days at that church where God revived my spirit and I saw healings. 4,000 people would come and I was speaking to Jonathan about it and just getting excited about it what God is capable of doing to a ministry when the power of God shows up. The kingdom of God is not in word alone, but the demonstration of power. And people can say what they want. I was there. I carried those people in. I saw dead people get raised. I saw deaf ears open. I saw blind eyes open. I saw people get out of wheelchairs. I saw healings. And the young people, it was their job to carry them and take them through the line. It sometimes would take us so long because there were so many people there. We'd end at 4 o'clock in the morning. We'd only go and eat at like 5 in the morning. By 9 in the morning, we'd go clean the church for the next service. That's revival. It's never ending. Monday morning, we had devotions with the school. Wednesday morning, we had devotions again. Monday night, we had prayer. Wednesday night, we had communion service. Friday nights, we had, we had youth and then we had prayer after youth. Saturday, we had service. We just continued because God was doing something and I believe he's going to do it again. And I remember the song, we used to sing it and we used to dance and, and go behind the people to catch them and they used to sing the song. So we're just going to sing it and we're just going to remember right now. I know some of us may have never seen miracles or never seen God move in power or seen his divine providence in your family, but 
those of us that have and those of us that are trusting God, we're going to trust Him that He's going to bring revival and He's going to revive our spirits. Amen. Let's trust the Lord for that now. Let's sing that song to Him. Let Him revive us. The Bible says in 2 Kings 17, they feared the Lord and served their own gods. They feared the Lord and served their own gods. You know, these days, if we want somebody to invest in ministry or something, we have to try and convince them how we're going to promote their business. Oh, yes, if you, if you uh, do this and invest in this church or build this church for us, we'll advertise your business. That's not serving God. That's not. So they went and they got priests and they said, Oh, yes, the, the lions are eating us. Tell us about your God and help us. So trying to convince God by living by His ordinances, because you fear him at a certain extent, but you don't really want to serve him. So you want to try and find out the ways of Jehovah, but you don't want to live by them. May God revive our spirits. May God revive us. So let's just sing this to the Lord and sing it by faith that God's going to do something. And while we sing it, if anybody needs prayer for healing, for God to do something in their lives, and if anybody needs salvation, just come forward actually all of it whatever we need for prayer just come and i want to pray for people and um uh you know if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart you become a child of god i don't need to lead you in some religious prayer you know if god's touched you and you can speak to him yourself you can say lord i believe in you i believe that you died on the cross for me triumphantly resurrected on the third day and may the power of the resurrection be in your life. Amen. So if anybody needs prayer and wants breakthrough, you know, I've, I've also been going through a hard time in my life. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to hold fast to my profession. And um, <laughs> what's funny is I'm wearing that man of God's jacket today. So we don't understand the mysteries of life. You know, Elisha received a double portion from Elijah but he still died of an infirmity the man of God that operated in that healing anointing died of leukemia he fought leukemia from the age of 11 for his whole life his faith kept him alive and at the age of 63 he went home to be with the Lord my dad gave me this jacket when he came back to America and I believe that God's going to use me in power I believe God wants to use us in power let's take the Lord seriously let's trust God for what his word says does his word say that? Does God say those things about your life? Does he say he's a healer? Does he say he's our provider? So let's believe what God says. He says about his word. Let's believe him for who he is. Let's get the character of Christ in us. Let's continue running the grace. Let's continue running the race. Let's sing that song.